0: Do you believe in miracles? I have to say I do after being a nurse surgeon for 25 years.
1: Yeah, uh, so this is going to be a special episode of the Hefflinger Podcast. We're on vacation right now. We're on a cruise uh, sailing through the Caribbean Sea.
0: We left Jamaica last night. We we're on our way back to Florida.
1: So we're somewhere in the Caribbean Sea. And... So uh, bear with us but, yeah, for people that are just listening. I was just showing we're, we're on the balcony of uh, the cruise ship room, but wanted to do a podcast episode and uh, we thought, you know, you, as a neurosurgeon, you've seen a lot of situations of life and death and, uh, you know, maybe some people do or don't believe in miracles, but yeah. I know you've definitely had instances where you've proven to
0: think miracles are true and real. You know, I do. I mean there are just things that you see that that happen that makes you believe a miracle. like I remember a gentleman, he was a priest actually, it's a long time ago. And I was on call in the emergency department, and he had come in because he hit his head and was having a headache and was a little bit sleepy. Um but you know, as I was talking to this guy, he was like 80 years old and he was a lifelong priest, he just suddenly became unresponsive. I mean, literally right from my eyes just, just became comatose. And um, they rushed him to the CAT scanner immediately. He he had already had a CAT scan that really didn't show just a tiny bit of bleeding but nothing that needed surgery. And then the repeat CAT scan showed this massive blood clot with massive pressure on his brain and his family was there with him and, and I had talked to him. And when I examined him, I mean, he was in a coma, his pupils were dilated. They didn't react. He really had no brain reflexes that I could elicit and for all purposes, I mean, he he was dead, you know, brain dead anyways. And I told his family that. And I said, I don't think there's anything that I can do that's going to save him. Um, But the family really, I mean, they believed in God and and they really wanted something to be done. And, and, you know, we talked about surgery, emergency surgery to remove the blood clot. And I kind of was a little bit against it with them because I said, you know, I don't think I can do anything. He has no brain function, but they were very persistent and, and their faith wanted him to go down and have surgery. So... I called the operating room and I took him down emergently for surgery. Um, You know, I shaved all his hair and I made a big incision, took off a big piece of his skull about that big. And once I opened the covering of the brain, there was just a massive blood clot underneath um, that was pushing on his brain. So I took all that blood off the surface of the brain. And right when I took the blood off, there was a bleeding artery just pumping away. And that's why he became unresponsive so quickly because it was a bleeding artery as opposed to a vein. And it wasn't going to clot off. So I cauterized that artery, the bleeding stopped. Um, initially his brain was not pulsing, but within a few minutes his brain started pulsing again. And you know, I put put things back together, put his bone back on with plate and screws and, and sewed him up. And then he was admitted to intensive care unit. And I had told the family that I took the blood clot off. Everything went fine at surgery, but I said, I don't think he's gonna do well. I mean, that next morning, that, that gentleman was up talking eating breakfast in the ICU. They had taken the breathing tube out already. Um, He was so awake. And um, he made a completely normal recovery. And there's no way I can explain that on things that I've seen over the past 25 years. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: But that's that's a miracle that that I can't explain. And how does that affect you? I mean, I'm assuming it does. How does that affect you when then you go into your personal life? You take off your neurosurgeon hat and you just live in your personal life. Does that change the way you think of things or see life when you, when you experience something like that, where you thought there was not, there's a very almost 0% chance of that. happening.
0: Yeah. And there's two, there's two components to that because I mean, um, does that mean I should take everybody to surgery because they're dead and I think they're going to survive? Cause I still think the majority of people who you take the surgery of a bug pot like that no brain, some reflexes will make a recovery. And, and, um, my brother was an example of that. When he had a head injury and a blood clot like that, and he went down for emergency surgery, and he didn't make that kind of you know um, outcome. He never walked or talked again and, and was dependent on other people to take care of him the rest of his life. So I don't think that's always the case. I think there's a component, I think, of things that we can't explain why someone made that that recovery. But I also think as, as a neurosurgeon, if I think about it, it's because I was there. I mean, I saw him when he decompensated. We got into this operating room immediately and got that blood clot off. And I think that makes a difference too because, you know, if you take somebody who's, who has a blood clot like that and is out in the outlying hospital and they're at the outlying hospital for hours and then they finally make it to our hospital and they finally get the surgery eight hours later, I don't think that person's going to make that type of recovery. So, a lot of it depends on the situation, but I think for him, um, I think it's Part of where the miracle was is that the family had faith, and yeah. the family believed in a higher power that something needed to be done, and they were right. And,
1: and that's part of where the miracle was. Yeah, and so h- I think, h- how do you balance that? Not only like you as a neurosurgeon, like n- laying out the cards, but how do you also balance that if it's someone that is a loved one to you, whether taking the chance with that person or letting them, especially if they're older, uh, dying peacefully or like letting them letting them go. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's like a conversation that I go through a lot with families, especially in the middle of
0: the night. And I think what it really comes down to is comfort. I mean, I, my job, I mean, so I, that still affects me, um, but I compartmentalize it so I can do my job and I have to put it somewhere, the actual death, thought of death somewhere else, but, but I'm, but I think I'm good at talking to people about helping them come to a decision and whatever, whatever decision the family makes in that, um, moment they have to live with the rest of their life and have to be comfortable with it. So part of my job is just making them comfortable with what they decide to do. And if it if they're comfortable with me taking someone for emergency surgery and that's what they really want to do, um we'll do it. But I also tell them stories like this, you know, and even with my brother that you know a lot of people don't turn out very well after surgery. And so some families will decide not to do anything. And I help them become comfortable with that because you want to, You got to live with your decision the rest of your life. You're making that decision for your loved one, and there's never a right or wrong answer, right? Yeah, and it really comes down to what you believe in, and also what I say to them. But I, I, I'm honest with people. I mean, you know, I, I can give them examples of of this gentleman, and example <laughs> of my brother, and other people I've seen, and and then you have to decide what you believe in. You
1: know. Well, I think it's important to lay everything out for people so they can make their own decision. I think something that you said before that I think is powerful is not being thinking about yourself like you you obviously when it's your loved one you want them to be around you want everything to be done but sometimes you have to think what would the actual person who's unconscious that might need the emergency surgery what would that person want if they saw themselves with tubes and all this and they might just potentially be brain dead the rest of their life if surgery saves them would they want that for themselves and i think most people then will realize no i don't think you know this 80 year old who's lived a full life would want to be artificially kept alive
0: and that, that is the best way to think about it. For people out there listening to this podcast, I mean, it's a such an important topic that you talk to your family about because um, when I'm with families, what I really try to do is just what Kevin said. I mean, pretend your loved one who's sitting there in a coma with a breathing tube and is sitting here with you talking to me, looking at themselves, hearing all the options, what the potential outcome could be, and then think about what that person would want. So it's not about, you know, you're, you have to make those decisions for that person to try to cure out their wishes and not so much your wishes. I mean, I, I had a, um, a case not too long ago of a person who came in with a bad brain injury. And um, there was a decision, do we need, you know, if we're going to do surgery. Let's do it now, urgently or, or not. And the, the person's significant other just said that, um, you know, we've been married for 30 years. And I know that she would have not wanted to have this done. Um, she would want no surgery. And she said it. I want her to go to surgery, but I'm carrying out her decision, her her um, you know, what she wanted. So he said, I, I gotta, I gotta get over myself and do what she would have wanted. I know what she would have wanted. And he was very comfortable with it. He said, because I'm making that decision for her because I know what she wants. Yeah. So it's the best way to look at things is you know, you have to do what you think your family member would want and take yourself out of the equation. Because nobody wants
1: to lose a loved one, right? And, and it's a tough decision. It's well, it's hard to think of in that moment when all of your senses are heightened. You don't, know, you know, you can't make that split second decision, like you're saying. That's why it's important. A lot of people, you know, God forbid, every, anything bad happens suddenly to anyone. But it's why it's so important to talk with your loved ones and your family yeah. about things like organ donation in, in situations like this. If you're if you need emergency surgery, what you would do. So so people have something to fall back on. Where they're like, we've talked about this before. I know. I know what they wanted versus trying to think what they might've wanted when you never talked about it.
0: Well, I think the hardest thing for families I've seen is they don't, um, some people can't carry out those wishes, right? They know what the wishes are, but it comes down to it at that moment. They can't carry out their loved one's wishes. They just can't, even though they know hundred percent what the person would have wanted. So I don't know how you get over that. I mean, yeah, because you know, you know what the person wants, but yet when it comes down to it, you're making a decision. You feel like you can't because you feel guilty that you're holding out, or
1: something along that line. Well, I think just like with other people, that's where sometimes faith comes in, and it's, and different people believe in different things. But I think that's why some people fall back on faith or a belief in their their own version of their higher power, and they try to let that be the guiding decision. And like you said, like th- then that's where sometimes things that are miracles can happen, but also. But those are probably talked about more than compared to the, the time, like when, uh, say, your, my uncle, your brother, had it and he was brain dead for the next 30 years. You know, those aren't going to be propagated in the media as much necessarily. Right. But and I think, you know, miracles, it even sounds weird, miracles work both
0: ways, I would imagine, because the gentleman I told you about who was um, had no brain function back to normal, um, for other people, a miracle is having their loved one not end up in a coma, living in a nursing home, as what people would call a vegetable, Um, the miracle might be being at peace, knowing that they went peacefully to wherever they believe they may go in the afterlife and and have the family have that peace of mind that they're not
1: um, lying around somewhere. That's actually, no, that's a really great way of putting uh, it. We like the miracle that's like this crazy against all odds. But yeah, sometimes the miracle is just getting to live a full life and having your family there when you pass away peacefully versus people that have to, they say, go through cancer and they suffer for,
0: you know, right.
1: years. Because some people will say eventually they want to, they'd rather just stop all that stuff. It's painful to go through chemo, yeah. right? It's all all the things it does to your body. So some people would rather just uh, let let themselves, uh, you know, they've gotten to live the life they've lived. And they, the miracle is just getting to transition. Yeah, And I think it, a lot of this is, you know,
0: control and losing control. I mean, when you're in a situation where someone... Has to make decisions for you. you, you've lost control of your wishes, and you just have to hope that someone carries those
1: wishes out for you. Um, so, and then, and then, so that just is having conversation. I mean, sometimes it's never no matter how many conversations, but the more you talk with your loved ones, probably the better yeah. um, likelihood that stuff like that yeah. will go as you want. And I do think, like, just um, why it. an important
0: topic is organ donation because. Um, I mean, one person can, you know, save the lives of like eight or nine people and and it can help 50 people um, live a longer and better life. And I mean, just think about all the people out there who need a life-saving organ who will die on the waiting list because they can never get that organ. So it's like the biggest gift you can ever give in this world is is for someone to give organs um, when they can't use them anymore, you know, And, and so... We have those conversations with people and organ donation um, team comes in and tries to help people understand what they can do, what their loved one can do for other ones. So if you're not an organ donor, I mean, obviously I'm an organ donor and you're an organ donor, you put it on your license, but you have to let your family know too what you would want. Because sometimes, again, in the middle of the night when things are happening quickly, uh, they're not going to look at your license or carry out the desire of what you had on your license and they're going to ask your family,
1: you know, they're going to ask the
0: family at well, that you what like? your family has final said. Right? I, I think they do for the most part, unless you're going to get, uh, you know, well, for you're, involved, but
1: you're not in the middle of the night. It's going to be whatever family is there. I'm just saying so. in your experience as a surgeon, when you've seen that, you've seen that it's the family. It's the, the family, right? yeah. But then that might not be the, how it always goes, but that's just what you've seen. So yeah. whether or not it's just important to have conversations like that. and So to go back into, um, and how we started with the miracles, and obviously there's more examples you can provide. But did you, when before you ever became a doctor, and you saw some of these things, what was your take on miracles, or did you know how has that evolved when you've seen these different cases where you believe a miracle happens? Has that changed since you were younger? Um,
0: I guess it's because I've seen more. Like uh, here's a good example. So this is a different type of miracle. So. You could say that me taking some of the surgery is, the, is a miracle because I'm inter- artificially interfering, but I, I think this is a miracle. I mean, um, I remember a little girl who fell off a, um, a swing at school, and obviously she was taken to the nurse's office. And she was just complaining of like a little bit of a headache, that, you know, but seemed fine. Um, but obviously the nurse is going to call the mom, and the mom comes to school because they wanted the child to go home. And so the mother comes to the school, and the child, you know, it's just not perfect am complaining of a headache, but seemed okay, and the nurse suggested mom should just take her, take her child home and just keep an eye on her, and if it gets worse, take her to the emergency department. But, you know, there's something about a mom, a mom knows, knows their child, obviously, and so she just knew something wasn't right, so she decided to go to the hospital instead. And so child went to the emergency department, mom, still complaining a little bit of headache, but not too bad, but then suddenly started vomiting, became sleepy. And then all of a sudden was in a coma and I got called right away. Um, emergency CAT scan was done. Huge blood clot building up over the surface of the little girl's brain. Um, you know, she was, she was actively dying and she was in between life and death. And she wouldn't survive long without having something done. So obviously, you know, parents wanted me to take her surgery. And so we took her immediately to surgery. Um, did the same type of surgery I talked about with that gentleman and I, I took a large blood clot off the, off the surface of the brain, and again underneath the brain was a uh, bleeding artery, it was called an epidural hematoma, which is a blood clot that's caused by a bleeding artery. I cauterized the artery um, and then finished surgery, and then you, you, really in the recovery room later, an hour or two later, uh, the little girl was awake with her parents. She was talking, um, smiling a little bit and eating a popsicle, and she's, she's back to normal. and so. That's a case where the miracle in my mind was that the mother, <laughs> her mother's the miracle. I mean, something told her mother that she needed to go to the hospital. If her mom would have took her home, she would have died at home. I don't think she would have got to the hospital soon enough and had surgery because it was a bleeding artery. So the miracle is her mother knowing somehow that there was something wrong with her child, and whether that's a God-given thing or, or just a mo- mother's intuition, but it's a miracle.
1: Yeah. You know, and you can't, I mean. I think that's sometimes why there's a higher power. We call it our your gut instincts, yeah. whatever whatever that is. But it, it's something beyond any logic or, like, of what you don't know concretely, but you have that feeling. And that's why, I mean, it's important to trust your feelings at times. Well, it's a miracle, too, is, like, think of think of if that
0: mom would have taken the child home per the nurse's recommendation. Not knocking the nurse in any way because the child didn't seem like there was much wrong. But just think of that child, her little girl would have died in the middle of the night, um, you know, woke up, because I've had that happen where a mom, a parent wakes up, those checks on their child and their dad, so just think that would have happened, then then that would have ruined all their lives, I mean, that, that would have been a whole different um, one of my universe for those yeah. people, and so the miracle was that that didn't happen too.
1: Well, I think what's crazy is that no one ever thinks that that rare, or that more rare case is happening, the nurse just thinks it was like a routine the person didn't feel yeah. good. So I think, like sometimes, what like you've always said, any time anything's ever involving the head, it's always better to yes. be safe than sorry. Because worst case scenario, if you're you're wrong, you, you go to the hospital, right. and you, you, you're just wrong. And I'm not, go and job. I'm not advocating, you
0: know, rushing your children to the emergency department every two minutes. I'm this is not out to scare anybody. Like I remember Kevin when he was little. I was a resident, um, and Kevin was just about two or three years old. And He fell outside of our little house on the concrete. Um, sidewalk and hit his head and he threw up once or twice and and I kept you know we kept him home which just kept an eye on him and even watched him overnight and the next day he was still complaining a little bit of a headache um, and so I finally took him in got a head seat and it was normal so he didn't have a blood clot but you know there's a case where everybody makes their own decision. so I yeah. I made a decision because I was a nursery resident I didn't want to jump the gun and everything worked out but it's one of those things. I, you know, I think it, as a parent, you have to decide as the parent what your comfort level is, you know, and you know your children, and you know when they're acting differently, and
1: so, um, so it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. You know? Well, no, it's it is like that, that's th- these are extreme cases, obviously, and, and that's why miracles come from extreme instances where there is. But I think you have to trust your gut instincts. You have to, when something doesn't feel right to you, I think that's when you have you have to take action. Um, yeah. But, I mean, there is no right answer because uh, it's so many. It's so unique. But or, you know, I, I remember a lady who, um,
0: she, she over the course of a day, couldn't move her arm or her leg. She was paralyzed on that side. Um, and her husband had brought her to the hospital, and, and she was complaining of a bad headache over days and was vomiting and was sleepy. And by the time she got in the hospital that evening, she was really into a slipping into a coma pretty close to being in a coma. Um so she got a head CT and a brain MRI and it showed a what I would say massive brain tumor on the left side of her. It was on the right side because her left side was so uh, paralyzed. And to me it looked completely malignant. I mean it looked like a malignant brain tumor. There's lots of swelling around the tumor, a lot of pressure on the brain. Um I, I talked to family i mean just you know because she deteriorates so quickly and it seemed like what i call malignant edema malignant um swelling the brain from a malignant brain tumor it looked like a primary brain tumor um i had a discussion uh, an honest discussion with the family saying i mean it looks like a it looks like brain cancer and how fast she's gone downhill i don't think she's going to survive much longer i mean i i don't think she's going to survive this um, and so it's kind of like she was actively dying and so again, I had this conversation with the family about what are our options. And one option was to do nothing and and let nature take its course. And the other option was to try to go and just take as much of the tumor out as I could and just try to prolong her life for the time being, get a diagnosis. And and, um, so it's a tough decision, but obviously it all happened so quickly that the family wanted her to go down to surgery. Um, I took her down to surgery and um, obviously the brain was very swollen when I first got in there, but when I got in there, I mean, to my amazement, and I just can't explain it. I mean, the tumor had such a different look at surgery than it did on the MRI. It was well, what I would call well circumscribed. I was able to delineate it very well from the surrounding brain, and I really was able to take that whole tumor mass out. And when I when the um, well, before I even tell you that, so I, I took that whole tumor mass out. Surgery went very well. Um, the next morning, I mean, she was wide awake in the intensive care unit and she was talking and eating a little bit of breakfast. Um, she had the breathing tube had been taken out earlier and she was that, that weakness was almost completely gone on her left side and she was pretty close back to normal. Um, the miracle is that it turned out to be benign. It was called a gastrocytoma, and the treatment for that is really surgery to take the whole tumor out. And once you take that tumor out it doesn't occur in most people. And so it was something I thought was malignant brain cancer with someone who had days to live, if not hours, and it turned out to be a completely benign tumor, and this woman was able to go back and live live a normal life with her family and her kids. So, I mean, I don't know, that that was one of those cases that, what a case. I mean, you know, somebody I thought had no future, who now had a, a bright future, and it turned out to be a benign tumor.
1: Yeah. But I think I think especially in your line of work um, you're more inclined but like there are these things that uh, most people never would hear about any of that type of stuff like there are some of these miracles that aren't necessarily uh, put out in the media as much and they're more complex but I mean it's all it's all a miracle and it's I mean there's there's so many things in this world that are like that and I, I think it's just sometimes choosing to see the, the positive like of there's, you know, there's bad things happening all the time, but there's also a lot of good that's happening. It's just not propagated as much. What what do you think? Are you, can you think of any miracles in your life that you've um, had? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I just think some miracles, I mean, like not like personally that have happened to me necessarily, but uh, some miracles I, I think about um, are just so like with like an Iron Man, uh, a, a person who survived against uh, all odds, um, some like fire. And then the year the doctor told them they were never gonna walk again and those people, whether that's a miracle or their personal belief that they will walk yeah. again and I, I can't remember their name, but they 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 said that they told them their mom, I'm gonna um do a triathlon, I'm going to do one. And then they trained all the time and eventually they could walk again and they did. They eventually did a full Iron Man. Um and so I think that's insane. Oh, one of the people I'm thinking of is Colin O'Brady who went on to become the first person to go south across uh, Antarctica. He wrote a book called the impossible first, but he was in a very bad fire accident when he was traveling when he was in his twenties. And then he eventually went on to do a uh, track line. I think the Chicago track line, he got first place and then he ended up doing all these crazy uh, um, physical feats. But he just never gave up the belief, and he prayed his mom that I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna be able to walk again. And then, so he set a goal of doing a triathlon as that guiding motion. But I don't know. I think there's tons of if you pay attention. I think there's miracles happening all the time. Of just like how I mean, just even it's simple, but the miracle of life. The odds of you being of all your ancestors surviving and the specific version of who you are being born. I mean, it's rather, it's like one in trillions and trillions. So, But I mean, you can go all over on stuff. But like I, I think too, Miracle's like,
0: you, you hear about people, I think it is about, your your mind has so much more power than you think, honestly. I mean, like you hear about too many people who set their mind to doing something and they end up doing it. And, and I think there's some component to that. Even I mean, when it comes to dying, perhaps, I mean, people can will themselves almost to die at some point in their life. I see it too often.
1: Well, the people that will make it right to their hundredth birthday and then die, right. or they make it right to their birthday and then die because they haven't they just want to reach their birthday. Yeah. But I, I think just like the gut instincts, you can't scientifically prove that, but something like the placebo effect, like that can be just as powerful as, um, actually taking some proven medicine. Yeah. So I think that the belief is, uh, by that power of belief, it's almost like a placebo effect if you truly believe it. And, um, Mm -hmm. Brian used to say this, but I think it's originally Henry Ford. My brother Brian used to say this. The person who thinks he can is right. The person who thinks he cannot is also right. So it's all about taking that positive aspect because if you sit there and say, you know, I can do something and then you do it, you're right. If you say I can't do it and you never do anything, you're also right. But if you take, you're going to life's probably going to be richer if you take that uh, belief that you can can. go do something. Um I might be thinking of that wrong, but I think that was originally Henry Ford um, or, or something. Maybe that's a misquote. But I, I think that the power of, you know, positive thinking and self-belief, it's sometimes, what am I thinking of? Like, hippie dip kind yeah. of, or like, it, it, it's kind of, it's not concrete. You can't, you can't put a scientific label on it, which sometimes we like, but
0: well, um, you say you can't do something you won't do it and you'll never know if you could have done it, right? So it's definitely, I think we also talk about the power of positivity. I mean, there's something to that with our brain and, and our life. And if you think you can do something and you actually try to do something, I mean, you can do it.
1: Um, well, on a related note to that, what I was thinking about, especially I, I remember when I was younger, people all the time, fear of failure is a huge thing. So... A huge thing people would do is like they wouldn't study for a test in grade school because if you if you didn't do well on the test then you could say, "Well, I didn't study for it," right. so you had you always had a, you had a backup point because to put yourself out there wrong and say I gave everything I I tried and I failed that's a very hard thing to uh, accept in life. But I always think about it: if you set ambitious goals or you go from uh, things and you believe you can do them, even if you fail, you're probably still much further along than if you just did something that you absolutely knew you could do, but you didn't go outside yeah. your comfort zone. Which, right. Well, we talk about that a
0: lot too, right off the topic little bit. But so definitely you can't, um, you can't grow unless you face your fears to some extent. If you hide behind your fears, you're never going to get past your fear. And so you can't experience new things in life and new challenges and, and become the
1: person you want to be if you don't face some of your fears. It's just impossible. Well, I think all this ties into the fact that we're, we're working on a TikTok a video for social media and you had written something up about how um, you know you, you dreamed of becoming a neurosurgeon you didn't come from any special family or go to any special schools right. but you believed that you could and you, you worked really hard to do that but you had to have that underlying belief and you eventually did so I think talking about miracles and all these other things it's just to show all of these things are possible, whether, you know, that just seems like a euphemism at times that anything's possible. You're a quote from a book, but it's more than that. You know, so. Yeah. Like in the, the Iron Man slogans, anything's possible. Cool. I, I think, I think it's all about showing people that things are possible and talking about miracles that, I, I mean, just always go for it. And whether, whether you get it or not, at least you gave it your all. Yeah. And so I don't know. I think that's, I know we, we kind of deep for a cruise, right? But we, I mean, we just start talking same things sometimes. But I think that's uh, yeah. a wrap. What, let us know what you think. Um, we're working on it. We're hoping for a great. This might be the last episode of 2023. Yeah. We're hoping for a great 2024. Right. We're really going to try to double down and keep. Uh, I mean, we enjoy doing all these things. And we want to keep uh, doing more stuff. And but we like topics too that you have to think about. You know, it's
0: um, it's kind of interesting these things about miracles and life and how to become more than what you want to be in life. And it's all these things that deep thinking, I, I think it's interesting to think about, you know? Yeah. So all right. Well, hope everyone has a great yeah. day.